We've been in this series called Jesus, um, basically because we follow him, so I figured we could learn about him, what he did, and what he taught, and how he walked, and we should do the same things, because we are just like many Christians, we're, I mean, many Christ, we're following him, we're imitating him, and uh, we know we talked about love, uh, and how and how we should love one another, and that should, that's going to put joy into our lives, and it's going to our lives are going to overflow with joy, and, and if you're sad, like you literally just can't live without joy. It's just, it's like, it's, it's medicine, you know, and, and it's life-saving, and, and that comes from loving one another, and especially, and not just loving one another, but loving your enemies. If you can love your friend, I mean, that's not anything special, I mean, but loving someone who's your enemy, who is against you, that's something special, and you can tell us a changed heart. We talked about uh, doubting and how, in a Christian life, you, you're going to have times where you're, where you're calling and you, you feel weird about it and you just, you're just like, man, this is hard. Like, do I go back? You know, what's going on here? And then you ask a question to God and he's just like, remember what I did for you. Just remember my forgiveness. Remember my peace. Remember my joy. Remember the love that I showed you and that the joy you get from loving one another. And so um, we talked about all that, but tonight I kind of want to just preface it with, with this. And I don't know why this has been on my mind, but I've just been thinking about... So in, in the Bible, it says that those who have knowledge and understanding, more will be given to them. But those who don't have knowledge and understanding, even what they do have will be taken away. It sounds kind of weird, but I, I've always kind of wondered what that means. Every time I read that, and it seemed like I read it like a lot, and I don't have no, no clue why, but I finally just kind of read deeper into it, and basically what it means is just like anything else. If I'm playing basketball, the more I play basketball, the better I'm going to get. The more I, you know, the more I kind of learn the tricks of the game, the more I study the defense and how they're going to move and how I'm going to score. Like, all these things start to come in mind, but you can only do that if you play. My coach always told me, he said, if you want to be good, you got to be a gym rat. You just got to go and play whenever. And so that's what I did. So all I did was play basketball, like, all the time. And so the more I played it, the better I got, you know, and the, and the more I played different people, the more I was able to, all this kind of different, but if I didn't play basketball, just like now, I haven't played in like a year, it feels like, I mean, you, you don't ever really lose it, but like, which you, you, you're not good, and the longer you go, the worse you're going to get, the more you're going to step away from those things, and it's the same way with God's Word, it, it's logical, it's just like, it goes throughout life so we can better understand it. If you seek after understanding and knowledge, and you seek after God, you will know Him more. If that is the desire of your life, you will know Him. You, he will give you that understanding. He will give you that knowledge. But if you just, you just you know, stay over here, and, and you don't go toward God, and you're not seeking after Him, even what you do have about the Bible will be taken away from you. Even, even the knowledge that you do have, that understanding of what Noah's Ark meant or, you know, Jonah in the well, you know, we learn those stories, we learn the meaning of it then, but if we don't ever seek after it, we don't really want to understand it, we're going to know the story and nothing behind it. We're going to know that Jonah got swallowed by a well or, you know, or a fish. It's really kind of a fish, you know, we don't even know that. But it's just like, if you don't seek after it, you won't get it. And so, like, I'm thinking as a youth pastor, you know, I just kind of, I'm looking around to other youth pastors, like, hey, you know, like, how am I going to get like 100 people in here, like 100 students, you know, because that's what I was used to. That's the first thing, my first youth ministry I was ever part of was like 150 kids every Wednesday, and it was like bumping, you know what I'm saying? So like, it was just, 
But that's, that's not the mindset. Like, I was just thinking, how do I get that? I was like, I don't really want that. But here's, here's how they do get it. They say, invite your friends, right? They say, well, hey, look, you invite your friends, and we'll share the gospel with them. You don't got to lift a finger. It's all good. Just invite your friends, invite your friends, invite your friends. We'll give them a T-shirt, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff's cool. I liked it. But it's like, well, what's, your, what's the goal behind it? And really, I just kind of looked, I took a step back and was like, what was the goal? It's just like spoon feeding. It's like, hey, here's the gospel. I'm going to give you everything you need to know so that you don't have to really, you know, look into it deeper. But you know what? That's, you don't just hand somebody skills. You don't just hand somebody a trophy, you know, uh, it just at the beginning of the basketball season. You don't just hand somebody the state championship. Like, you got to work for it. And if you don't work for it, there's no reward. It's just like, there's nothing. You don't, you don't get excited about it. It doesn't, doesn't make your heart, you know, long after anything. It's just, it's just nothing. It's filled with emptiness if you don't work for it, if you don't really desire it, if you don't want it. So I guess that's my, you know, I mean, we don't really talk about that often because it's like, you know, it's, it's all about faith. You don't really have to work, you know, but it's kind of a, a give and take kind of thing. Like, you know, the, the faith, if you show me faith with no action, I'll show you a dead faith. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just like, and if you, if you have faith, it will show in your actions and will show in what you desire in life. And no one's going to spoon, spoon feed you the gospel. No one's just going to hand you heaven. You've got to want to know God and say, God, I want to be with you. And he will change your heart and your faith will be in him. And then, then it's all about your faith and like, it's all about your heart. But it will show in your actions. No one's going to spoon feed it to you, and I'm definitely not going to. It's too much stress. You know, just, you got to do it, not on your own, but you see what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. Okay, you get what I'm saying. Anyways, so we're going to talk about something that's really important. And we're kind of going to knock out three birds with one stone, or one and a half. I don't know how you do that, but this is what it is. Okay, so we're going to meet in Matthew chapter 5. I'm just going to read it. So I'm going to start, or in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. It says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, this is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So, First thing I notice is that there's not many people in this room going to be struggling with that, okay? We ask somebody to pray over the food in the restaurant, you know, ask the blessing, whatever you want to call it, and they're just like, oh, God, like, no. Uh-uh. But I tell you one person who will, Mark Allwine. You go, to some, you go to a restaurant and you eat with Mark Allwine, he will pray over the food. I ain't never got to worry about it. And that's, I love you, bro. You know, like, last week he was like, who's got to pray? First person who asks got to pray, you know. And then I'm just like, God, you know, I don't throat, just, you know, some, <clears throat> I just got through preaching, Mark, like, man, give me a little slack, and he's, I'll pray, I'll, I'll be the man, and so he'll stand up and pray, but anyways, I'm not talking about you, Mark, when I say don't pray publicly, all right, you know, you're good, man, unless the Lord convicts you, then that, I, I'm not the Lord, I can't tell you what you are doing right or wrong, I don't know, but here's what I'm saying is that it says don't pray like out loud publicly in the synagogues where everybody can hear you, everybody's watching you, you know, and they're just looking at you. Oh, man, he's really got a really good relationship with the Lord. He's praying. It sounds really cool. Like, he's got really cool language, and it just flows. It's just like, oh, man, he is awesome. I could listen to him pray all day. But, like, it says don't do that. 
So if you're struggling with wanting to pray publicly, don't do that. But most people are just scared to death to talk out loud. But it says to go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in secret. And He, your Father who is in secret, will reward you. So here's what I get from that. I'm just, we're just going to break it down for a minute. Here's what I get from that. You have a relationship with your Heavenly Father, and it is yours. It's nobody else's. No one can, can make your relationship with the Lord or break your relationship with the Lord. It is you and the Lord. It is your relationship with Him. It's not based off anybody else, and it's not based off your friends. It's not based off your, your grandparents who's a pastor or your, or your uh, parents who really like to go to church and pray for you sometimes. It's not based on that. It's based on you and God, your faith and God's grace. It's that. And it says to go away by yourself, shut the door behind you so that your father who is in secret will hear you so that you can go and you can pray to your father in secret. And here's what I, here's what I know. When I go to God and I just go to God by myself, it is so humbling and you feel so vulnerable because you go to him and, and you expect like, okay, you know, it's like, I know y'all, y'all probably done this, like your friend did something real bad to you or something like that, so, you know, I've got to talk to him. I don't really know how to talk to him. I don't know what to say. Or, you know, if you're asking your girlfriend out or something like that, you get real nervous or whatever. Those kind of jitters, like, you know, you're intentionally doing something. You're not just going off, you know, fly. You're going into your room, you're praying. All I know is I get, I, I feel really vulnerable. And I feel like I can't hold anything back. You know what I'm saying? And I guess that's, I don't know, when, I'm, when, when you're by yourself with God, there's no hiding anything. You can't really hide how you're feeling. You can't really hide what's going on. He sees all of your sin. He sees every mess up you made. He sees all of your good deeds. He sees how bad you hurt. He sees how, how much joy you have or don't have. He sees all of that. And so when you go to your Father in secret, you can let it all go. You can lay all that burden that's on your shoulders. You can put it down. It's you and him. You want to cry? You can cry. No one's watching you. And you go to him and you let it all out. You let all that burden, all that pain, all your joy, all your thankfulness, whatever it may be, you lay that down before God and you're talking to him. And so let's, let's go on. And it says, it says, when you pray, don't babble on as the, as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask Him. Pray like this, and we'll talk about that in a second. It says, don't babble on like the Gentiles do. And so when you go to God and you're completely vulnerable to Him, I just want to tell you something. When you ask Him something, He doesn't forget in fact, when you go to him and you let out everything you've got, he doesn't forget. And, and, and also, you don't have to repeat yourself. When you tell him something, you can trust him with it. He's not going to forget it. Not only that, he knows exactly what you were about to ask before you even asked it. That's how crazy that is. 
And this is why I think they said, don't repeat this over and over. Just, you know, babble on and just saying, God, will you do this? God, will you do this? God, will you do this? It's like over and over again, hey, like, God, would you save my friend? Hey, God, would you, would you do this? Would you uh, bless me financially? Hey, God, would you do this? It's showing a lack of trust. Because it's like, it's like your heart behind it is the more you repeat it, the more likely God is to answer it. So ultimately, that's not you trusting God's power in your life. Ultimately, that's trusting how many times can you ask it? How much can I work to get this prayer answered? You're not really trusting God with it. It's just like, you know, like, oh, God, would you please do this? Would you please? Pretty please. Pretty please. Jerry, on top, please do this. Please. You know, it's just like, God, I really want you to do this. Instead of just saying, God, I trust you with this situation. And I pray that you would just give me strength to get through it. And leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Now, I'm not saying don't be persistent in your prayers. Like the next day, if it's on your heart, pray for it again. Or you're praying for your friend, or you're praying for your family member, or something like that. It's on your heart, they're struggling. Pray for them again. That's not what I'm talking about. Being persistent is different than babbling on and repeating. You, you have to just trust God with that. And it says, so don't pray like these things. Instead, pray like this. And we're going to see what he means. It said, this is Jesus talking, by the way. It says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. I remember first time I heard this prayer was like before a basketball game. And I didn't have a clue. I was already a Christian. And so like, I had been a Christian for like a year, maybe, and I had never heard this before. Like, all I knew is like, you just open up to God when you pray to him kind of thing. And when I, it was like, okay, let's just say the Lord's Prayer. I didn't have a clue what they were saying. And everybody on my team kind of knew I was a Christian at, at that point. You know, they realized that I stopped doing some things, and then they started asking me questions, and I just, I was open about it. I wasn't, I wasn't really, you know... I, I wasn't going to compromise my faith. I wasn't really ashamed of it at all. I wasn't really boastful about it. I, they just knew. So I'm in the circle, and I'm holding hands with, like, four of the guys. There was, there was five people on the basketball team at that point. Uh, six, so five of the guys and the coach. And we're holding hands, so we're real tight. We're, there's not a big circle. It's like, you know, like this. And we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for come. I was like, what in the world are they saying? I thought they was going to just say a prayer Every one of them was saying it. I was like, I know you and you and you and you don't even know what you're saying. Like, I saw what y'all was listening to and acting like right before we prayed this prayer. I don't know if you know what you're saying. And like, I was just like so confused and I didn't know it. And I was like, oh my God. So here's what I'm saying. You don't have to pray that prayer exactly like that. It says pray like this in a way uh, like this, it can kind of be your format, but don't, don't make a checklist, okay? It's not like that. Don't make a checklist and just go down, okay, may your name get holy, okay? I didn't do this. It's like, don't do that. It says pray like this. So we're going to break it down. And we're going to say it says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. First things first, you got to put him first. First things first. And look, this is 100% a heart thing. When you go to God in prayer, it's like, it should be automatic. 
that God, you, you go to him with confidence and with boldness, but you also go to him with 100% humility, knowing that he is number one over everything. Whether you put him there or not, he's over the president, he's over this world, he's over every single circumstance, he's over every single blade of grass that grows in this time of year that grows so quickly. Like, he's over everything, okay? He is over everything. And you say, may your name be kept holy, You're saying, okay, may you stay number one. May you stay unique. May you stay the above all in my life. May your name be kept holy, Lord. Because when I'm claiming your name and I'm confessing that I'm a Christian, God, may my life represent your holiness. May I be holy as my heavenly Father is holy. May I be unique as my heavenly Father is unique. Be set apart, not not with pride, but saying, God, I don't want to be like the world. I want to be a light to the darkness. I want to show that other people can come into this light by living for your holiness. May your name be kept holy. If God is, if Jesus' name is attached to me, may his name be kept holy. And it's, then it goes on to say, may your kingdom come soon. That's simply just the desire to be with him. That's just your desire to be with him. Okay, it's just like Paul says, in some book. He says, not that I want to die, not that I want to just, you know, leave this earth soon. I just, I just want to be with you more than anything. And so I know there's plenty of people like this. I've talked to plenty of people. They're just like, it's not that I want to die necessarily. It's I just, this life is just so hard. I want to be with God. I want to be with him already. I want to be with Jesus. And it's like, it's like, I, you know, you're, you're struggling, and you got this internal battle, and it's just like, God, may your kingdom come soon. You're just asking, like, I just want to be with you. I just want, you're just acknowledging that you want to be with him. And it says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As you wanting God's will for your life. You're desiring what he wants for your life. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, whatever you want, whatever heaven is like, I want that to be here on earth. I want to get my friends, I want to get my enemies to know you. I want your will to be done in my life. I don't want anything else, nothing more, nothing less. I want your will. It says, give us today the food. You got to trust God that he's going to provide. You got to trust him that he's going to provide your food. He's going to provide every financial thing you're going to have. He's going to provide Every breath, you have to trust him with your life. He knows when your life is going to end already. There's, there's, your, your days are numbered, okay? And I just realized, you know, this past couple of weeks, I started to think life is extremely short. Life is so much shorter now that I'm 22, you know, I'm getting old, uh, than I really kind of anticipated, you know, because I'm walking around work, and I, I, my feet used to hurt at the job I had before, but at this new job I got, see, there's, there's these things called chairs that they don't have. And I'm walking around like, man, I ain't got nothing. I'm just trying to walk around and keep my feet, like, from screaming at me. They call it barking. They say, you dogs barking yet? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about, man? Like, and the dude just keeps going. I'm, I don't know what he's talking about. And I started feeling my feet hurting. I was like, they barking now. They roo, roo. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, give me a chair, like something. Like, I'm, they're burning. Like, my heels, like fasciitis, whatever. I don't know. I was like, I, I feel like I'm about 
65, and this guy's like 40 years older than me walking by. Yeah, right, man, you're going to get through it. It's another 40 years. You're going to get used to it. I'm like, dude, I promise you, like, if I'm your age, I ain't working like you. I ain't walking around this place when I was 65, all right? That's just, that's a no-go, okay? I got to eat, but Lord have mercy. I'm going to be having me an office job, something, working from home, watching TV, something. I don't know. I was like, this is awful. And it says, give us today the food we need. So what I'm saying by my feet hurting is that we just have to, we just have to trust that God is going to provide through every circumstance. And this is a big one. And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. We have to forgive other people's sins, and we have to ask God for the forgiveness of ours. Not that your sins aren't already forgiven, past, present, and future. It's just that guilt that you have, you have to let it go. That guilt that you're carrying around from your sins and, and the thoughts you have every day, you got to let it go. You just got to go to him and get that reassurance. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, I know, I know my friend. He forgives me, but I just got to talk to him. I, I got to get that reassurance like, I, I got to get that, that feeling inside that I know that we're good. Now, we good? You know, like, it's, we straight? Like, I, I got to know that. Like, I can't just walk around and not know that I'm not forgiven. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I feel. I don't care if y'all like it or not. I, I got that from a rap song. I'm sorry. It just, it comes out when I listen to it sometimes. And it says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And I want to talk about this too. I'm sorry this is really boring, but look, we got to get through it. We got to get through this. Y'all, y'all may not think it's boring, some of y'all who are godly, but I'm sorry. <laughs> on a roll. I drank a Red Bull. I don't know if y'all can tell it, but my hand is shaking. I, I drank that thing three quarters of the way through. I couldn't handle the last quarter of it. I was, I was about to go. I was about to jump out these boots barefooted. But it says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Here's the thing, guys. I don't think I talk about this enough especially to the students, look, because I think it's weird, because when I think about it, I think it's weird, but I'm just like, I don't want them to think I'm weird, but I don't really care anymore, because I love y'all, and y'all love me, I know y'all love me. So, here's the thing, the devil, he's not like a red guy on your shoulder with horns on his head, okay? I know y'all know that, but here's the thing, he will disguise himself and send all kinds of things your way. Wherever your weakness is, he knows where that is. He knows exactly where that's at. And here's the thing. He can't be everywhere at once. So I, I don't want y'all to think like, oh, something bad happened to me. The devil's with me. The devil's right behind me. No, okay, something bad's happened to somebody else in the world too. But here's the thing. Here's how he works, okay? He can't be everywhere at once. He's not God. Here's how he works. You ever heard a song that's bad? You ever watched a movie that's, that's bad? You ever been around a group of friends that's kind of bad? You ever been around bad things at all, like, you know, drugs or, or alcohol or, you know, like anything else? You ever been around that? That's how the devil works. He gets his stuff out. He's got propaganda. He's got, he's got the, the best marketing strategy of any businessman, okay? He can get into your mind. He can get into your soul and make you feel so dry on the inside. Like, God, I need some living water inside of me. Like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know where I'm going. I don't understand. Why do I hurt so bad? Why, why are these drugs? Why are they not doing what I'm wanting them to do? Like, why isn't this music making me feel like they feel? Like, they sound so happy talking about drugs, sex, and money, but I don't really feel so happy when I do those things. Like, it's going to leave you empty, but he is going to get into your mind. And it says, 
lead us away from temptation. Don't let us give in to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He is so evil. He will always promise you more than he'll ever give you. He'll overpromise and underdeliver every time. Every single time he will do that. And you can be not struggling with something for 10 years and all of a sudden it just, bam, hits you because you're weak. And listen, guys, we're going to get weak. We're going to be hit with temptation. No matter what, you cannot avoid sin. I don't want you to think that you can avoid sin altogether. But going back to what I said in the first place, Psalm 119 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. It's God's word that's going to keep you on path. Okay, you fall. It's okay. I'm good. Just keep going. I've got to trust in God's word. I've got to trust in his promises. And we're going to get into something right now that I just kind of, it's really been on my heart. It says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your, your Father will not forgive your sins. So what's the deal about that? So we learned what not to do, like what not to pray. And we learned how to pray. And the more you do it, the more you'll understand it, okay? It's not supposed to be understood right here, right now. You pray, and that every single one of those things is a heart thing. It is your, it is your heart that you go to God and your heart is heavy or your heart, you just want God to understand your heart, all that will come out. That will be a natural thing for you when your relationship with God and you, you, you understand your relationship with God. But it says something that is kind of shocking. He, he breaks out a part of the prayer and kind of explains it a little bit and says, if you forgive others, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive others, He will not forgive you. And why is that? Here's the thing. If you don't forgive others, whether it's your parents and they don't really understand how they've hurt you, or it's a friend who couldn't keep his mouth shut, told a secret, or went behind your back, did something, I don't, whatever the case may be, everybody in here has got some wounds inside of them that somebody has done. Somebody has done against you. And the thing is, we have to forgive. Why? Because our Heavenly Father offers us forgiveness. And if we don't forgive them, that just shows that we don't understand the forgiveness that God is offering us. We don't completely understand how bad we've hurt God, how many times we turned our back against God. We don't completely understand. Now, I'm, I know that there are things in your heart that are hard to forgive, harder to forgive than others. I understand that. But God will help you to forgive those things. He will help you to heal those wounds that you have. But the... The point behind it is, is if you forgive others, you're showing your humility and you're showing that you understand how bad you've hurt God and that He forgave you. And if He for, can forgive you, you can forgive anybody. That's the point behind it. And then it goes on to say, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I'll tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. 
When you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice your fasting except your father who knows what you're doing, who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. It says, when you pray, as if you are going to pray. And that, that's just kind of obvious. We understand that prayer is an important thing. But sometimes we often forget fasting. And uh, be honest, I'm, I'm number one. Um, if I'm honest with you guys, I think you're not supposed to you know, let your right hand know from the left or whatever. You're not supposed to let everybody else know. But uh, this isn't that kind of situation. I'll just be honest. Like, I think I've only fasted like maybe two or three times. It's, you know, it's just something I don't think about. But then when I read it, I realize how important it is because, or, or when I do it too. Because here's the point behind it. It says, basically, it's fasting from food. What's the most important thing in your life? You know, like, what, is, what do you think is your biggest need? Your cell phone. No, I'm just kidding. Food. Like, we think, we think food is like, okay, I got to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, my stomach is hurting. It's growling. I'm hungry. Like, it's, it's a really big need. Like, we need food to survive, but we don't need food more than we need God. So you take away what's going to sustain us throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout our lives, the thing that gives our bodies nourishment to go and to be alive. You take that away for just a little while and realize just how important God is. Now, I know that there's, you know, a lot of people are going to tell you, well, you can fast from, you know, bananas or milk or whatever. Okay, look, pick something that you, like, actually feel like you need. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't fast from, you know, I don't know, vacuuming the carpet. You know, like, that's, that's not cool, okay? Like, you're not holy if you do that, okay? That's not, that's not even close to being cool. Like, don't tell me that. I might slap you in the face. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But one thing I will say is if you, like, fast from your cell phone or you fast from, like, social media, do that because of your heart behind, I want to realize that communicating with God is more important than communicating with my friends. Or like communicating with God, having time with God is better than spending my time doing worthless stuff like looking on Facebook and Instagram. Like we have to understand when we take away those really, those things that kind of take over our lives, the thing we do, we spend the most time on, when you take those away, you really realize how important and how much you need God. When you don't, when you're just, you know, you're just, you're taking in all the food you can because it's just so good, and you're taking all the Instagram you can until you're filled to the max. When you go to God, you have no appetite. When you take in the world's food and you go to God, then you go to God with no appetite. You're already full. You, you have no taste. You have no taste buds for God. You drink Coke your whole life and you never drink a thing of water. The first time you drink water, it's going to be like, ugh, like what is this? It has no taste. But then you drink water and you drink more water and you drink more water. You drink Coke. It's like, guys, poison. Like who made this drink and called it good? You know what I'm saying? Just like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things that when you take it away, you realize how much you don't need it and how much you really do need God. Do we realize that God, we need God more than we need anything else? We don't live like it, but that's exact. We need Him more than we need anything else. He will provide everything that we need, believe it or not. Do we really believe that? 
that He will provide everything that we need. Because we go to Him with prayer, trusting Him with our life, trusting that He is number one, but we're not willing to take away something that we consider so important to put Him as number one and say, God, I need you to lower the walls of your heart and let Him in for just a little while. And I, I'm just saying, like, we, there's just something about us that doesn't really want to open up to God, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, it's just something we're just like, you know what? I don't really have time to pray today. I don't really have time to read my Bible. Here's the thing. If you realize your need for God, the, reading the Bible is not an issue. If you realize your need for God, praying is not an issue because it's not a checklist thing. It's something you want to do. It's considered something that's a privilege. It's not something that's like, oh, a Christian, okay, now I have to do these things. No, it's like, oh, my goodness, like I... I know God now. I met him. He is my father now. I get to talk to him. I get to read about him. And as I've been working, like, you know, I work from like 6 to 4.30, and that's like I'm used to working from like 7 to 3.30. And so, like, I used to be able to wake up and, like, read my Bible. And, you know, when I get home, I had time to really just, like, study God's word and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like, oh, my goodness, I'm tired. You know, like, my feet hurt. They're screaming at me. I can't even hear the Bible. You know, but, like, this is what I'm saying, though. Like, I started to realize, okay, not everybody has three hours, four hours to study the Bible. Okay, not everybody is John Piper. We can't go into our studies and, and, you know, read all these really great theological books. Okay, I understand that. But here's what I am saying. When you're chasing your calling in life, just like my calling is to know the Bible and share it with other people. That's like, you know, speaking. That's like my calling. And it seems so obvious. Oh, you got to read your Bible. But it comes just as hard as everybody else's calling, okay? Just because you're a preacher doesn't mean you just get up and study the Bible all day, okay? Kenny has a job too. He doesn't sit in his study all day, every day. But I'm starting to think, okay, well, what motivates other people to read the Bible? Because what motivates me is looking like an idiot. You know, sometimes I just want, I don't want to be up here and be like, uh, you know, like, it's just not how I want to be. That's really embarrassing. But the thing is, it's like, what motivates you to read the Bible, to pray, to know God more? It's going after what He calls you to go after. Because you're going to go in, in, your, in your life, and you're going to start to doubt, and all the, you're going to try to love, and it's going to be hard, and all these kind of things that, we're, that Jesus is calling us to do. We're supposed to imitate Him. And you're just like, how do I do this? Read the Bible. Go to the thing that God speaks to us through. He will show you. Okay, that's, I know it's a lot to ask. Reading, that's a big deal, okay? Like, I don't want to sit down for five minutes and read. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm, God is asking us to desire Him. He's jealous for us. He wants our attention. He wants more of us. He wants all of your time. When you pray, you don't have to go into your room and, and sit down and shut up and, and just be you and Him. That's just... That's just what he, he wants more of you, and you should do that, yes, but that doesn't mean you can't pray while you're at work. That doesn't mean you can't meditate on God's Word day and night just like David did. That doesn't mean God's Word doesn't flow through you in your conversations. That doesn't mean you don't think about Him and think about how good He is to you. That doesn't mean any of that kind of stuff. When you desire God, your actions will show it. No one's going to spoon-feed you your relationship with God. You've got to want it yourself. And that's just the hard truth about it. You know, you want to make money? All right, you got to go make it yourself. You want a pair of shoes? All right, you're less than 18 years old. Somebody's going to buy it for you. But when you get out of the house, you got to go buy your own shoes. Yeah, 
forget the Nikes. Like, I'm going, you know, I'm going somewhere else to get my shoes on sale. Like, I'm going to eBay for my shoes now, okay? Because $150 really ain't cutting it for me anymore. Like, I used to want, like, $200 pair of shoes. You know, I'll play basketball. They mess up in, like, a year. You know, like, okay, $200 for a year, that doesn't really add up. I got to work, like, a ton of hours for that. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I go to McDonald's now and spend five bucks. Well, there goes an hour. You know, like, I just, like, it, it's, it sucks, you know? But here's what I'm saying. You don't have to work for your relationship with God. It's just got to be something you want. You got to want it. Like, it's got to be number one in your life. And if it's not, if it's not, listen to me. If it's not your number one desire, that's okay. No one's forcing you to love God. No one's forcing you to have more joy than you could ever imagine. No one is forcing you to have more peace than you could ever ask for. No one is forcing you at all to accept the greatest love ever known to man. No one is forcing you at all to step into the pearly gates and worship God, your creator, forever. No one's forcing you to do that. I'm not forcing you to do that. I'm just telling you that Jesus Christ died for you on the cross just to show you just how much he loves you, just how far he's willing to go to show you his love. He did that so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And he rose again so that the devil would not have any stronghold on us. We would be able to break every chain and we would be able to conquer all sin in our life and accept the forgiveness through grace that, that Jesus gave through us on the cross. We don't, you don't have to accept that. But that's what he did. That's what he did for us to give us a second chance so that these short years that we have, yeah, life is very, very short compared to eternity. Eternity is infinite. It has an arrow on the end of its line, any mathematics majors in here or a high school student, whatever. Like, it's got an arrow. It don't have a point. It doesn't end. Our life is finite. It stops at some point. Our days are numbered. It could be tomorrow. But what I'm saying is these short years of your life that... It's so much shorter than eternity. And wouldn't you rather spend eternity with God who loves you, who died for you, who wants more of you, who wants all of your attention and all of your time so that you would have more joy and more peace? Or would you rather live for yourself, live with emptiness, live with, with a bunch of regrets, live with a bunch of weight on your shoulders that you can never carry around by yourself. Would you rather live like that and then spend the rest of your life for even worse in eternity in somewhere that we don't even need to talk about because we all know where it is. We all know what it's like. Which one do you want? I'm just saying. You can sacrifice yourself for this life and get more than you could ever imagine. Or you can live for yourself and be miserable just like you are right now. You choose. See, if you follow after Jesus, it gets rough. Times are hard. You doubt. You don't know what's going on. But that's why you have prayer. That is why you have God's word to show you, to comfort you, to encourage you, to correct you. That is what God's word is for. That's the Christian life. If you were confused about the Christian life before, that's what it is. So, if that is what you want, you need to go after it with all of your heart. Everything you've got, go after it. 
Go after God's plan for you. Go after the one who loves you more than you could love yourself. Go after him. And don't look back. So let me pray and we'll worship. Father, I just want to thank you for your word. God, I, I, I do such a horrible job of portraying just how wonderful your word is. God, there are no words to describe how beautiful you are. There are no words to describe how amazing your forgiveness is. God, there is no words to explain just how amazing it will be to spend eternity with you, have a life that's never-ending, a life with no sorrow and no pain. God, it's, it's so unexplainable how much peace you give to us when we believe and trust in you. Lord, I pray that for the person who wants the weight off their heart and wants that forgiveness and wants you because you created them and you're the only thing that will fill that hole in their heart and in their life and give them purpose and give them meaning. God, I pray that whoever's in here and they're struggling with that, I pray that you would not get off of their heart. God, that you would not stop telling them how much you love them and how much they need you. God, I pray that, that they would fat, they would not be able to eat, they would not be able to sleep, they would not be able to get on their phone and be distracted by something else until they finally go to, to that thing that's in their heart and that's making their heart thump. God, I pray that they would go to you and they would let their walls down and, and and be forgiven by you and just be loved by you and be corrected because of your love and your grace. God, I pray that, that would happen in a heart tonight. And for the person who doesn't want that, Lord, I pray that you would even use them to show somebody else just how much they need you. God, they, they just say, no, I don't want you. God, I just want to live my life on my own. I pray that they would be a vessel so that other people can look at them and say, I don't want to be like them. I want God. I want something different. I want to be a light. I don't want to live in darkness. God, I pray that you just work in hearts right now and just work a miracle because your word has been spoken. And God, we, underst- we want to understand your word and worship you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.